Good morning. That was weak. Good morning. morning. There we go. Um, For those of you who don't know me, my name's Jason. And for those of you who have been privileged to hear my wife teach, she's been phenomenal. And today I get to, to share with you guys a little bit about what's going on in the continuation of our movement series. So, today... We're going to talk about how Christ has called us and chosen us and how we're to follow him. And sometimes in life, it's not always easy to follow. Sometimes it gets frustrating, it gets hard, it gets grueling, and you want to start throwing punches and screaming because it doesn't seem fair. And so today, I hope to bring you a little bit of comfort um, through the passages that we're going to go through. So, in Matthew, if you want to turn there, Chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. It says here, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, casting a net into the sea. And they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. And the boat with them was their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called to them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now at this first scene here that we flash to, we see these young boys fishing. Now in Minnesota, that's not something that's uncommon. Fishing is not something uncommon. In their culture, it wasn't something uncommon. But to see these boys at this age fishing was a little different. In, in our modern day, you would see kids playing hockey here or soccer or perhaps maybe landscaping with their family or their father. At this first glance, it may not appear odd, but in their culture... For these boys to do this type of work, it was, it, was, it was slightly different. It was odd. They, at this age, in their culture, they would have been at school. They would have been at rabbinical school. So to see these guys, these young boys, these junior high students, technically, fi- sorry, fishing with their father, that was a little bit different. See, our junior high, elementary school, junior high, is, was similar to how they started their school. Their educational system was based on their religious values. So they attended school at church, all through elementary school, into junior high. And then if you were lucky, if you were fortunate and you knew the Old Testament, and I don't know if you have looked at this lately, but in elementary school, you had to have... this much memorized. You had to have this much memorized like the back of your hand. And then, once you went into junior high, you had to have this much memorized and know it so well that your rabbi could come to you and say, hey, what, what about this passage? 
And they would be immediately, they would recall it, they would know where it's at, and they could tell you everything about it. So when you see these boys out fishing at this age, they should have been in school. And something really interesting happens is is when you go from that transition phase that we all do from junior high into high school, which is always an awkward, fun part, these boys would have been taking that time and they would be seeking out a rabbi, one who they would follow, one who they admired, one who they would they'd walked with. And they would go and they would apply to him and say, I want to be like you and I want to follow you. And so what happened would, is he would fire off questions toward them, questions that would be specific about the Torah, and if they answered it, if they were sharp and he was, he was tracking with them and they were tracking with him, then it's quite possible that these might end up being his disciples. And so for these boys to be fishing at this time, it meant that they didn't make the cut. They, they didn't go apply to a rabbi. What would happen is if, if you didn't make the cut... If you didn't progress, then you went back home and you learned your family's trade. And some of that was farming, some of that was masonry, smithing, some of it was, you know, menial tasks that each and every family, each community did. Applying to that rabbi, it was a huge honor. It was one of the best careers anyone could want because you're educating everyone around you. It would, be to the, it would be the extent of going pro. I mean, you've played hockey all your life. To turn pro, that's huge. It's not only huge for you, but it's huge for the community around you. I mean, I've just moved here from Minnesota, from Oregon, and I've noticed that there's, uh, on the Olympic team, there's people from Minnesota. On our pro team, everyone's from Minnesota. So it's a big deal, and it's not just a big deal just to people in Minnesota, but the community that they grew up in, I mean, you would think they went over to Afghanistan and fought a war and came back. It was a huge deal, and it is. So for these young men to be a rabbi, that was, that was just off the charts. That was amazing. But for those who didn't measure up to the highest standards... You went back home, and you learned your family's trade. So what Jesus does here is completely mind-blowing. It's the rebellious rabbi movement, is what I tend to call it. Jesus sought out these disciples. Whether or not they didn't make JV, or they weren't third string, or they had a poor credit score, he still he sought them out. And Jesus, and he finds them, and he says to them, follow me. He chose them specifically. They didn't go through the application process. Jesus came to them. They didn't go to Jesus. Jesus sought them out, which to me, that's huge. That's, that's massive. That God seeks us out. Wherever we're at, whether we're fishing, 
no matter what, he sought them out. He seeks us out. And he comes to them, and he says to them, I chose you. If you go over to John chapter 15, verse 15 through 17, Jesus reminds them this. He says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I've called you friends. All that I have heard from my father, I have told you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should abide, that you should last, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And these things I command you so that you will love one another. Now, I would have thought Jesus would have picked the valedictorian. I would, have, I would have thought that Jesus would have picked the captain of the goat herding league or whatever, but not the blue collar, not the white collar. He would have, I would have thought he would have chosen the cream of the crop, the very best, the elite of the elite, but he didn't. And that's what's so mind-blowing here. That's what it, it, it takes me back, and, and honestly, it gives me quite a bit of hope. Jesus said, no longer do I call you servants. I call you friends. And I love the fact that he reminds them that I chose you. I specifically picked you out. These are strong words. They have purpose, and they're deliberate and very, very intentional. Over in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, there's a passage that reads, it's, it's actually quite, uh, quite amazing. I'm going to read a little bit more of a, a different translation than what you're going to have up here, but I'll, it's going to give you the same conclusion here. God saved you by his special favor, favor when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us to do long ago. So I've worked with metals since 97. I've worked, I just recently quit the aerospace industry. And basically anything you have flown in, I've worked on. Except for the ones that you hear crashed, landed, and stuff. <laughs> Those were mine. But I work with tit- I've worked with titanium for years and years and years. I've made wedding rings. I've made engines. I've made numerous things. I have forged pieces. And the language that's in this passage, in Ephesians chapter 2, that you are his workmanship. You are, it, the actual word is poema, which means poem. But the, the, the very deep, deep root of this is you are his crafted work. When you forge a piece of metal, when you're laying it on an anvil and you're pounding it, each strike is intentional. It's deliberate. And whether you're heating it up and you're breaking it down so that you can form it, it's intentional. It's purposeful. It has purpose. Every single strike 
has purpose and reason to it. And then it gets heated up, and then it goes back down, and it gets slammed some more. So this very specific purpose of God chose you, it's very intentional. It's not like he was like, well, you know, I guess you guys can come with me. It's not like you're picked last on the soccer team or you're picked last in P.E. God says, no, no, I want you on my team. I want you. I have plans for you. You hear in Jeremiah 29 11, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and future. And then you come over here to this passage where it says there's good works that I've prepared advanced for you. And then you hear passages that we're talking about is he chose us. He chose you. It's very deliberate. You can't miss that. This is where my faith and my frustration collide. I was really reluctant to teach uh, when Rob asked me because the last 10 years, not only was I in the aerospace ministry, or ministry, I was in the aerospace industry, but I also served as a youth pastor full-time, essentially. And when I had decided that I wanted to pursue being a pastor full-time, I was told that I wasn't good enough. And that was so devastating to my wife and I that we just, we didn't fit the mold. To hear that, all those expectations, those dreams to be shattered. It's like, well, what do you, what do you mean? So literally... I was fishing with my son TJ, and Rob calls me and goes, hey, um, I, I, need to, I need a favor. I need you to teach. And I'm like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not, not going not gonna, to, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll think about it, which really meant uh, no. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. I was trying to learn some of that Minnesota nice. And... Uh, I told him, I was like, you know, I'll think about it. And then he called me a little bit later. He's like, so, you know, did the Lord tell you anything? And I'm like, hmm, last time I checked, no. Uh, still not feeling it. Not feeling it at all. And I just told him no. So Rob did what any normal person would have done in that situation. He consulted my spouse. <laughs> and... You know, trying to argue points with my spouse is like, hey, look at that. (laughs) Trying to argue points with my spouse is like arguing with God. It's irrefutable. Her logic, it makes too much sense. And I, I mean, I was really being a baby about it, and she called me out on the carpet about it. And, you know, the point that it drove me to, you know, Olivia said, such, such compassion. She said, you know... I get that you're frustrated at God. I get that you're upset. I understand that. But you need to suck it up, princess. All right? (laughs) Rob needs your help, so step it up. I cannot argue that each one of us has the ability and has the opportunity to bear lasting fruit. I cannot, I cannot help, but it's, 
how God presents it is each and every one of us are chosen. We're all different. Every single one of us. There's not one of us alike. So how we communicate that love is going to be different. Like the disciples he chose, we are all different in how we communicate, communicate that. Sometimes I'll, I'll never understand why certain things happen, why he chooses to do things that he does. I'm going to have uh, Leah and the rest of the group come up, but I want you guys to, to think about this. That as some of us are chosen, and as all of us have that opportunity to respond, every one of us has that opportunity to give that fruit and to give that love. Some of us may be sent to the office. Some of us may be called to follow him into the trades. And some of us, it's not quite yet known. So today, maybe you find yourself angry. Maybe you find yourself frustrated, like myself. And maybe what you need to hear today, specifically, is that God chose you. Maybe today, specifically, you need to hear, follow me. Maybe some of you need to hear, suck it up, princess. And possibly, you may need to ask, where, instead of why. But let me be really clear, that we're all called, we're all chosen, we all have the ability to bring that lasting fruit to bear fruit and that others would know love through that fruit. So I'm going to let Leah take the reins from here. Uh, I'm on call and I'm getting a call right now. <laughs> so <laughs> take it away. <laughs>